impressed you with all these books. I'm not a kind of lecturer, but I'm really interested in sharing with you my passion for these dependent origination because you really have a passion, interest, really. Chanda is called Chanda. It's part of the one of the four factors of road to success in practice specifically related to meditation, but also you can also apply the same expression for your daily life as well. I never gave a talk on that, although I did plan it at the beginning of the retreat to do that, but for some reason other things kind of slip through. But um, what you understand, for, for one thing I want to say, when the Buddha talks about Buddhism, I mean his teaching, which is, is usually referred to Buddha Dharma Vinaya, uh, you know, Dharma and the discipline. For you, for example, you're using the, you know, the eight precepts right now. So um, he says simply in the Sutta, it's uh, I teach suffering and the end of suffering. So if you're confused about Buddhism, just remember that I teach suffering and the end of suffering. Now, you're going to understand why this word brings a lot of joy for me. Okay, I'm not attached to suffering particularly, and I'm not at all a suffering type, even though I've been sometimes called a duke queen. But it's because I really love the, su the suffering that comes, brings me to the end of suffering. Do you understand? It's the way you approach it, and I suppose it's the way you have experienced it, you know, and how you dealt with it, and the result that you saw in the letting go of suffering. So, <clears throat> I am not pretending to do anything much with this. Um, it took two year, two retreats, two consecutive retreats, winter retreats at Achinsumedo to get it. So, you know, to get to really understand deeply what this Patichasamupada is about. So, but I thought I'd share with you some of the, um, you know, some of the link which you can remember and use in your daily life. For example, I've already spoken, but we've. You've uh, heard it, learning between uh, pasa, uh, contact, and then that takes you to Vedana, okay, contact, sense object, contact with sense object, you know, pizza, rotten egg, whatever, you know, and then cakes, and then and then a nasty mental state, I shouldn't be eating cakes, horrible, I'm a horrible person, I'm still greedy again, it's a nasty thing again, you know, so it comes and goes like that. And now... Um, you can have, because you have that contact with mental objects, and that's the emotions and the feelings and the thought and so on. It can be, brings up, you know, sort of pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, neutral feeling, when we're just too sleepy to know what's happening, right? That's what I was, kind of, I had a confirmation about this state of mind of neutrality recently. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the um, you know the four noble truths is all linked with this. In fact, I don't know if I can find it quickly. Because he writes so well, he will be ashamed to. Let me see. Anyway, basically, this is actually the realization. The dependent origination is a realization of the Buddha under the Bodhi tree. 
when he realized, you know, where does, you know, how one is born, and he went back to, you know, how one dies, and then he went back to all the way, when, if one is born, then there's death automatically, you know, so whole teaching about that, I don't want to distort it, but to stay with the Paticca Samupada, uh, so that's the result of his realization is this, you know, from ignorance, then you have pain at the end, you can see that, and he has different kind of uh, stages, obviously, to get to the full kind of birth of pain, you know, and then the whole sort of soul lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. And then, um, in our chanting, if you remove, or you let go, if the avidja is not present, and for me, I used it like when I'm mindful, then I can see avidja, but I'm not embedded in avidja. Do you understand? I'm free from avidja when I'm mindful. Okay? Because I can see avidja as an object. This is my interpretation. It could be personal, I don't know, but that seemed to work. When you're mindful, the mind is not caught up in its objects. Hmm? So this is quite an incentive for us. To, certainly it was an incentive for me because I saw it quite clearly. Sometimes it's not so clear. So <clears throat> when we go through this, when avidya is um, not present, then all the other factors are actually um, abandoned immediately. Right? What I mean is that the clinging, the grasping, and the development that comes together with avidya, not knowing, is not present anymore. You can see it, but you're not involved with it. You can see the clinging, okay? You can you can objectify clinging, the pain of clinging, but you don't have, um, you, you're not born into it. So, um, that's one of the things I wanted to show you, these three links, you know. When you are, um, you know, when ignorance is present, then all this can happen. As soon as you're mindful, you can cut. Again, vidya is present. You understand? When the avidya disappears, then vidya is present. Vidya means knowledge. Yeah? When vidya is present, then the whole conditioning of the mind doesn't take place. You have, in other words, you have a free mind. It's not an empty mind, dull and lifeless and unable to think for itself, it's a free mind, a freedom, you know, being, it's an emptiness that is full of freedom, you could say. <laughs> it's happy. It's fearless. So, um, do you have any questions? I mean, there's an awful lot of things, you know, I wish I could just read them to you, because it's so much more fun to, to read somebody who writes well. <laughs> yeah. And just mindfulness, um, cut the thread. Is it mindfulness that frees? Where is mindfulness in all um, If there's vija, if there's knowledge, knowledge yeah. then you, mindfulness is the precursor for that. Well, mindfulness is what takes you back to the place of non-attachment. For me, that's my that's how I experience it. As soon as I'm mindful, my vision is right. So I have right view. You understand? Balance you. Um, it's hard to explain something like that because it's like you're actually dealing with energy of life. 
you know, it's not something you can put in a little box with a definition. It, you have to experience it yourself in a way. When you're mindful, just see how it affects you in your everyday life. Mindfulness is linked with uh, restraint, you know, restraint. It's, it's kind of um, compared in the sutta, in the suttas, it's compared to a, um, you know, a, a fortress with guards kind of watching who is coming in and out of the mind. Yeah? It's like, it's like, look, <coughs> the visitors, it's, it's kind of a notice the visitors, the visitor mind and go. So, and maybe won't let certain visitors come in. You know, but your wisdom can help you. It depends what you have committed yourself to as well. So if you haven't committed yourself, for example, to ethic, okay, so you will have anybody coming in. But if you are become committed to ethic, then your 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 mindfulness will be vigilant. Because in a way, you could say the Dharma is also, um, I think, uh, it's like something that supports all the good qualities in ourselves, all the constructive and uh, qualities that support liberation. This is an inter personal interpretation, you know. And so you can discriminate between something that's going to be supportive to your goal or not. You know, if your goal is liberation of the mind, you begin to see what helps and what doesn't. So my yeah. Okay, that's another one. Uh, why do we have a vision in the first place? Where is vision? Why do we have it? Well, when when this goes, then you get Vija. Vija arises when a Vija is gone. But in the sense, you know, when we're born, our natural state is a Vija. Is a Vija? Yeah. How do you know that? Well, because uh, babies, children, everyone wants and craves from an early age. It's a natural state. But Vija and Avija in this context means a knowing of the formable truths. You understand? Vija means you you have you real, have realized the formable truths. You know the formable truths. Avija, you don't know the formable truths. Some of you are frowning a bit. Right, I'm going to get the heavy heavy <laughs> master. <laughs> The uniqueness of the Buddha's Buddhist approach is anatta. Okay. The realization of not self. The particular style of reflection in structures like the Four Noble Truths and the Paticca Samuppada changes the way of thinking from self-view of the soul and me as an absolute to anatta and not self. You can read it and take the book from the from, from the shelves in the sala. The problem lies in the fact that not self seems like annihilation. And what frightens people about Buddhism is that not self and no soul sound like an absolute position that one has to take as a Buddhist. People who hate God and resent Christianity may become Buddhists because they've got a grudge against God. But that's kind of go back to 30 years ago. 
I think now things have changed a little bit. You know, with so many kind of interface gathering, that I think we've understood each other. <laughs> but um, I wanted to. S okay, feeling in these other chapter on cells. Where is it? Interesting. Yeah. Self. Okay. There is natural suffering, going hungry, getting old, and getting sick, but that's bearable. That's nothing we can't bear, can't bear. Sickness, old age, and death are things we can always bear with. They're not real suffering. Suffering is greed, hatred, and delusion we produce through the self view, through taking it taking it all personally. The creation and attachment to wrong views, prejudices, biases, and all the horrors that we are responsible for can all be traced back to Avijja Pachaya Sankara, the first level, the beginning of the Paticca Samupada. You hear what he says? We can't really expect very much improvement if we still insist on being ignorant caught in the self-view. Even though we might be able to improve conditions slightly by trying to be a good person, as long as there is attachment to self-view, there is delusion. So even the goodness we do comes from delusion. It doesn't lead anyone out of suffering. If we don't have wisdom, often we try to do good, but end up harming and causing all kinds of problems while thinking, we can tell others what is good for them. Uh, ring a bell? <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? It does resonate. What is... Okay, what is, what is suffering? Really, what is suffering? Really ask yourself, what is suffering of your life? Yesterday, the cold winds were blowing through me as I was walking out in the field. Is that suffering? I could make it suffering. I hate this cold wind, but actually it was all right. I meant it was something I could completely bear. If it didn't make anything, if I did not make anything about it in my mind, it was just cold wind, that's all. Yet we can depend on time. We can spend time in Amaravati creating attitude about monks, nuns, lay people. Well, we won't go into this. <coughs> it's all right, you can read it, it's public. The Buddha says of you that everybody is going. He says something which I think I mentioned to you before. The Buddha says the view that everybody is equal is a delusion. I am superior to everyone is a delusion. I am inferior is a delusion. I am I am is a delusion if that identity is based on ignorance. Ignorance. But when there is vijja, I am is merely a conventional reality. That's Ajampanawadu, the famous English monk who studies with Ajahn, Buddha, Ajahn Mahabua, who said in one of his talks, people say, oh, in Buddhism there is no self, there is no self, there is no self. He said, actually, there's plenty of selves. They just come and go. And that's something that I felt. I was so really pleased to hear that because you do feel you have to be yourself. I have to be a self-none right now, don't you? Teaching. And then when I go to my sisters, I'm just another sister, you know, different self. When I go to my family, different self. When I teach, talk to my 
teacher, different, you know, it's just a different eye that come up at that time. Yes? So, um, when there is Avija, it conditions the Sankara, which condition consciousness or Vijnana. Consciousness condition mentality and corporality, Nama Rupa, mind and body. Which condition the sense bases, which condition contact, which conditions feeling. When ignorance is a primary condition, the rest are all affected by it. This is a self-view. So ignorance brings about self-view, right? Uh, this self-view starts to become strong when you are age six to seven. You go to school and you compete and compare and this strong sense of self starts being conditioned into your mind, as we know. I remember the first five or six years of my life being magical and then after six or seven, it started getting increasingly, increasingly worse. Before that, there wasn't very much a sense of self. Avidya conditioned the Sankara, which conditioned consciousness, which conditioned blah, blah, blah. So it goes on again with Anatana. So, which conditioned contact and then feeling, and then feeling conditioned desire with Anatana connection. That's the most important one you need to remember when you go back into your life, you know, just to help you to see clearly. If you are caught in attachment to personality view or self, desire, grasping, upadana, and becoming bhava will be operating. You will be lost in that pattern because when there is ignorance in the moment, it affects everything. It's not easy, isn't it? It affects everything. You've seen it. You know, as soon as you react to something, you notice what happened. It's not so cool, is it? You remember it. You might feel guilty, you might feel happy. You, it's, it kind of sticks to one. You know, you notice. Uh, uh, little by little, you can feel, you can live your life um, full, wholeheartedly, more heartedly than with a lot of delusion. But also, you can be, it's like having a huge mind, you know, a huge heart. Like a, everything becomes bigger in a good way when you annihilate delusion, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying it's finished. <laughs> far from that but the little experience I have is that's why it's so inspiring for me is because actually you grow in all that is good yeah I remember that when I was um, you know every time I experienced my own suffering the first noble truth let's say I began to it was very clear for me I, I became much more compassionate to myself do you understand I was more detached, and I could I, I could see this being suffering, and I was I had compassion for this being suffering, instead of torturing it with desire to be something else. Does that make sense? I think some of you maybe don't understand. So seeing your suffering is not going to destroy your joy; it's going to increase your compassion. And which is the most beautiful quality a human being can have, compassion for yourself. And when you have compassion for yourself, then your compassion also um, manifests in the face of others. You know, if that compassion is there, you're in touch with it. So when you've seen your suffering, you have also seen the suffering of others. 
then you become a better person, a kinder person. So, um, What time is it? Yeah. So from <clears throat> okay, um Vedana condition uh, tanha, okay, desire, desire to have, desire not to have, okay, desire for sense pleasure. So we have three kinds of desire, it's a second noble truth in a way, the cause of suffering, desire. And then that condition, upadana, so clinging, rasping. You really got your hand. It's like monkeys in a in a cage. You know, you got you got your hand right there. You know, and sort of at first you try, you try. It wasn't not caught yet, but that that's it. And then it's become really personal because what, if you attach to something, it might be your purse. You know, you kind of somebody wants to take it away. or want to steal something from it. If it was just a piece of paper that you are just about to throw in the garbage bin. You will not move at all. You'll just be completely peaceful, thinking maybe you're just equanimous. You've reached equanimity because you don't have any feelings, you know. But let life test you. Do you know what I mean? See if they get your most cherished T-shirt. You know, the one with only three written really nice things that you don't see anywhere except on on your body. T-shirt, and you take that out, you know, that would be very different. Would you be equanimous? Think of something you really like in you. Some people, it might be a watch. Other people, it might be a, you know, I don't know. I have to be careful what comes up in my mind because it's kind of comical. <laughs> anyway, something you really um, find very important for you. Right? Opinion, that's right. That's very important. Yes, yes. Challenging your opinions. Yes, yeah. Material objects are nothing compared to opinions, absolutely. No, it's true, it's true. I mean, opinions are much more rooted than in one sort of uh, f facts life. You know, it's a fact. I'm not going to let that go. And I, when I tried to teach my father about opinion and views, you know, because he got very, had very strong opinion and views. So, uh, but he was an intelligent man, so he was not completely, you know, hooked on stu stupid, stupid things. But I said that one day to him. He said, what do you mean? I have to let go of my opinion? I spent a long time cultivating everything I could to get this opinion. And if somebody doesn't com convince me otherwise, I'm not going to let it go, you know. It wasn't a face type, I think. <laughs> you know, yes, I'll do it for God. <laughs> but opinions, that's good to remind me. Yeah, that's the most... Uh, you agree with me, Gwen? That's right, that's right. <laughs> that's a really strong opinion, isn't it? <laughs> I am, my mind is... You know, the words in my mind, I'm always right. Of course, we never say that to anybody. Yet when we speak, everybody can see it except you. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> that's a, that's a, that happens with many, many things, you know, that it's right there, right in front of you. 
Everybody can see it, but you don't see it yet. Yeah. So, well, it might be time maybe to go on to the field. Let me see if I can find something interesting for you. Yeah. No, eh? I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah. Number two, number two. So <laughs> say that again. <laughs> yeah. I wondered if uh, there's a thread that would form in your calm. What do you mean, calm is created? Um, it's on the other side, calm. Karma. Oh, karma. karma. Well, every time. You act and react. It's a, it's a it's a karma. Yeah. I said I would not talk of mentality, materiality, and that kind of thing. It's too it's complex, you know, and uh, I wouldn't want to get into this right now. You know, where is it? Um, you know, as soon as you you know. Intention is karma, for example. You know, intention is karma. You know, chitana is karma. Chitana is intention. And that creates so you can make good karma or bad karma. If your intention is skillful and good, you know, in in, in harmony with the past and is will bring good result. But it's not as simple as that. You can have a good intention, like my father used to say, hell is paved with good intention, you know. You know, that's a French expression. I don't know if you have this in your Anglican church, but yeah. So that means people can do, you know, good, but they create hell with their goodness, you know. So it's intention plus wisdom plus awareness plus mindfulness plus, you know, right view. There's a lot of things that brings about, uh, you know, positive karma. Anything that helps you. Yeah, and karma means action, you know come from the root car, which um, is the same as um, as a verb. It's a verb like to do, you know. Well, you know. Yeah. In terms of non, well, if you don't attach your thought, for example, you know, then the karma is not taking place. You don't attach. You just let them come and go. But you know, in the human world, we do have to create. Uh, we you don't create karma when you are, uh, let's say, uh, not attached. If you're not attached, your karma decreases. You know. Um, you know, we are we are the heir of our karma for good or for ill. We're still the heir of our karma, good and and evil things. You know. But the Buddha is not really so concerned. I mean, you know, the whole path is about having developing good karma rather than destructive karma. But really, the path is about liberation. You know, seeing into the 
anichadu the characteristic anichadu kanata of the of all the all the same mind body everything in your mind and body and then to also see what it means to have the emptiness of your mind non attachment emptiness is close you know so um you notice like if i ask you like now you're sitting on your cushion okay and uh, um i'm going maybe to do the same as i did before do you remember the sound right the sound meditation and see what happened to your mind you know i think they do this kind of thing in surgery and i'm convinced they do things in surgery you put a little music and some of the music that you have do and that kind of empty the mind you know the kind of soothing music that has also the quality of having this little gong things you know and it's well known that they they help the mind to kind of let go you know so i'm just going we're just going to do are you ready or would you like to run out and <laughs> continue okay can keep your eyes open doesn't matter or closed I just feel a level of feeling what's happening when you have you don't need to talk to now no, no talking just notice the feeling of emptiness that arises when you're not attached to the sound you just hear them the new stories come okay so you may have like a pleasant feeling an unpleasant feeling a neutral feeling and you if you're mindful of them then the stories do not actually manifest you know the desire doesn't manifest you just vedana and you stay with vedana So now you can open your eyes. Did you notice something in your mind? Did they do this, this sound uh, meditation experience? Did that do something to your mind experience? What did it do? Can you share it with me? I think I misunderstand the first word, social. 
association. Yeah. Same thing. The what? Oh yes, in the in the eyes, only the eye, and seeing, on his seeing. Well, it's not a bad kind of thing. Uh, do you want to tell the story about Bahia? Do you know it? Do you remember it? Oh, you can tell. I know the story, but you can tell the story. Yeah. Well, I, I think he was a, a monk or sadhu who came to see the Buddha, and uh, uh, I can't remember what he asked him. But anyway, the Buddha said to him, Bahia, you know it? Well, anyway, we can just kind of shorten it. Bahia, in the scene, in the scene, it's a famous sutta, in the scene, there is only the scene, in the herd, there is only the herd. In a thought, there is only the thought. In a in a in a taste, there is only you know the the senses are just senses. They don't. There's a, there is only that, but we can proliferate around that. You know that's the Buddha say that. You know of course, we have lifetime upon lifetime of proliferation. It's not going to stop day one. You know. So that's what he said to Bahia. Anybody know the background? You sit there. You can be Bahia. What was the, the context of Bahia Sutta? Did he go to see the Buddha? And then he got killed by a cow. <laughs> Bahia actually had, a, I think, attained Aranship. Aranship doesn't cover everything, remember? You might not get what you want. There's two monks in the, in the, in the suttas with rich Aranship, I think Bahia too, or maybe you know, enlightenment to a degree, and they both got killed with a cow, by a cow, as they left the Buddha. You know, so don't expect anything from the Dhamma, you know? <laughs> yeah, or Marawati. Yeah, so what was the context of Bahia? Do you remember? Well, he, was, he, was, he came to see the Buddha and he demanded a teaching while he was on Pindapath, while he was on Amzra. But Buddha said, no, this is not the time. But he pleaded three times, I might not be, this is the time. Then Buddha responded. In just saying, in saying yeah. is just saying, the hearing is just hearing, the knowing is just knowing, the cognizing is just the cognizing. And then he attained arhanship and he wanted to become a monk, so he would have sent him away to get an arm, <laughs> bowl and robes, and on the way he got killed. We'd already attained arahanship, so it was fine, it was covered. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have any problem anymore. That's right. So it in the scene, only the scene, and the cognize, only the cognize. That's right. Yeah. So that's important isn't it, to remember that. Basically, it's just saying, it's as simple as that. You know, you have the object of hearing, and that's it. That's all there is. But the mind has a lot of stories about these things, you know, which are very happy and very pleasant, and others not so happy and pleasant. But the the, the senses themselves are not at all a problem, you know. 
the senses themselves are not the culprit of our misery, you know. What is a culprit of our misery is dukkha, you know, the actual dukkha of not getting what you want when the sound is not what you like, or not getting or getting what you don't want, you know. That the description of the first noble truth we did in a in a chanting before. You know, in the, so that's not the sense that the problem is the attachment to the senses. Sound doesn't come from the object, it creates insight. So that's why when you see something and that you blame that one outside. That's right. That's that's right. What, that's, that's a dukkha. That's a dukkha, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mind. It's, it's a sense. It, mind is falling. That's right. The mind connected that, with a with the sense door. Yeah, that yeah. sound didn't hear, didn't heard before. Right. That's right. You are what? Well, <laughs> well, it's a bit like Ajahn Shah when the monks were living in Hampstead on Haverstock Hill in uh, near Hampstead in London, and there was a pub just across the road, more or less, you know, and they were complaining about the pub at night and so on. And Ajahn Shah said, "Stop disturbing the the noise across the road, please." <laughs> That's kind of the wisdom master, you know, that cuts through all proliferation. And if you love him, you say, yes, sir, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Lumpur. If you don't love him, you just think he's completely idiotic. Them, their problem, not me. Okay. Any more questions? <laughs> we can always, if you can always come to me at the end of the retreat and I can give you some references, which I think will be useful because sometimes we don't study Buddhism properly, you know. There's so many things that we that are interesting to, to hear from the Buddha's own mouth kind of thing. Rather than interpretation from this Vipassana teacher and that Vipassana teacher which are great. I mean every so many books are published nowadays, but I think it's really good. Not even go to the commentary, but go to the Bhikkhu Bodhi translation of all the Nikaya in English, you know. Shame. I mean, only uh, sort of Anglophone uh, people speaking English, a country where English is spoken, they can understand because not many translation in France, very little. You know, I don't know in Spain if there are lots of translation of the Nikaya. No, and they are absolutely a jewel, a treasure of wisdom. You know, truly amazing, amazing teachings. So I hope um, we need more translators. Well, I'm busy, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I translate. I already translate things, you know, from a Chinsumido, from a Janamaru, but small things, you know, when I have time, when I'm, if something interests me, really, I feel oh, that would be really useful, useful for people. Then I translate it. Or, but I'm still a bit friendly, you know, like half friend. You know, it's not like pure good French. That's that reads well, you know. But I have friends in Paris, fortunately, who can help me now. But um, it's just for short things, like maybe thirty pages, forty pages. But when it comes to a book or booklet, you know, that takes longer. So people don't have much time. I'm looking for the perfect translator, French, you know, English, French, 
that I still got a good brain and still can, it's not working too much and uh, what else? It loves the Dhamma and particularly Chinsumedu and, uh, uh, you know, and, and is very happy to translate and have all the time of the world to do that. <laughs> I've got this image in me. But, do you know, it's interesting, don't this, you know, don't um, kind of this, this, um, this regard these things because uh, if you think positively like that, you don't have to expect something, but life helps you, you know, it's like life come to your rescue. I even found some gentlemen in England from the Lotus Volunteer, which is a group of volunteers associated with Amarawati, and he was correcting, editing something already translated, and I said, gosh, he must be French, you know, it's so good. He's English, and he's quite happy to translate, so that's another translator. Yeah. <laughs> it does, it does. It's not too bad. No, Google does a decent translation, but you have, of course you have to work. I mean, you have to, every sentence has to be slightly adjusted, you know. But it actually is much better than it was many years ago. Yeah, I was surprised. But I have several programs, you know, several translation programs from Internet, you know, that uh, are very useful. Uh, some of them that give you many different meanings of the same word in different contexts. So it still has to be re-seen, seen, re- reviewed by some good, you know, French-speaking writing people. So, well, as I said, don't be too disappointed. I'm not a lecturer, and I haven't planned this very much, you know. So it's just very brief and superficial. But I think if you get the link, because you're meditators, you can understand the link. It's very simple, you know. And if you have other questions, you know, I mean, it's a whole, you know, you can spend a whole week you know, just studying the different kind of uh, points, on the, you know, the 12 link of this dependent origination. And, uh, you know, but you already know many, like craving, clinging, feeling, contact, you know, you know that, don't you? You know that. These are the most important part for us in our, in our meditation. You can, you don't need to have the whole baggage or intellectual baggage about about it. You know, you can just know what you know already. Six and space and so on, and Amarupa is mind and body. So, and when you say consciousness here, it's actually sense consciousness, right? Sense consciousness. So, please, um, you can go out and do, do meditation until about eleven. Can you ring the bell at the back? 10 to 11, yeah? That would be about 40 minutes meditation, walking. Who wants to do one hour walking meditation, including toilets and, <laughs> you know, and one, two. So you can just stay until the meal, and it'll be a long time, it'll be an hour and a half. No, but you, you can do it until 11 or, you know, and then come back here. Continue. Don't start thinking that you're already out of the retreat, okay? And planning all the things you're going to do afterwards. Hemel Hempstead is going to be booming with frustrated meditators that's going to go to Debenham and, you know, Starbucks and, uh, <laughs> don't worry, I know exactly, you know, or on the M25 really quick to get something in London that you like, or, you know. So I'm not reading anybody's mind, but I'm reading my own mind, you know, when I was in your position. And I used to do retreat in Christian monastery. I remember the first thing, and I, I looked like almost saintly. You know, I could really impress people in monastery. 
And then as soon as I arrive at the train station, I'll be gobbling Mars bars and chocolate and all. <laughs> you know, absolutely disgusting science. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't believe anything because <laughs> I don't believe myself. You know? <laughs> but for the time being, just continue to do your saintly path. <laughs> the beautiful path of Buddhism, and I have to say, maybe Buddhism is integrated. To me, it's more, I, I can integrate it more, so it's more me, it's part of me. So I don't have to be so frustrated when I come out, you know. Okay, please.